Hi, this is John Salarco, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. It was a day to celebrate and remember Chairman Mo at the cottage this sunny Saturday past. But despite the waving flags and the good memories, Luton were the visitors and they came to dampen the party as best as possible. They parked five across the back and waited for their moments of possession to cause Issa Diop no end of trouble. Thankfully, with Burnt Leno between the sticks, once again, betting on XG was a fool's errand. Joining me to discuss the match and to look forward to Palace this Saturday is Wigo and Dylan. Producer Don is making sure we behave ourselves. And as always, everybody, welcome to your Fulham Focus podcast. Fulham. Gentlemen, good evening. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. How are you both? We'll start with Dylan because you actually have your camera on so I can see you. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Um, I couldn't make the game on Saturday, uh, but I've watched the highlights, uh, watched match of the day. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to this Saturday as well. But yeah, another another three points on the board is the most important thing, isn't it? Definitely. Wigo, how you doing? Are you happy? Oh, yeah. I mean, win's a win, isn't it, at the end of the day? Or a win's a win, in this case. Win's <laughs> uh, a win, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we take the three points. wasn't vintage, was it? But um, yeah, always happy to keep building up that points tally. So, yeah, doing good. Yeah, you know what they say, a Vin's better than a car loss. Oh, oh dear. Oh. We're already, how many minutes in are we? Two minutes? Yeah. Come on, Dylan. Hell. Man, I, oh. I I don't feel bad for messing up my intro twice now. That's terrible because this bit's staying in. We're just going to... That's what I do. I'm, I'm here for... to take the pressure off. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move swiftly on, shall we? It was a beautiful day. Beers were had. The there was weird big rowing race on the Thames as I was walking across Putney Bridge. So it was it was a classic sort of late summer's day at the cottage. We just had a moment to remember Chairman Mo. And if you haven't listened to our reminiscent episode in our last one, everybody, go back and listen to that. It was a lot of fun. But gents, what did you think of the scarves? And of course, Kareem Fayed was there as well to to lay a wreath for his for his dad. What were your thoughts at the beginning of the game? I mean it was quite an emotional sort of feeling I guess in a way because our fired is the reason that we are where we are today and you know obviously had a great innings I guess at 94 and yeah he changed the fortunes of our club and the club that we love today so you know it's obviously always obviously going to be a sad day um, but I feel like the club you know they did a good tribute to him obviously the scarves looked fantastic as well um, and yeah you know, obviously, I don't think it can be, you know, spoken about enough how much our fire did for our great football club. And as I say, it's he's the he's the reason that we have what we have today, and we are so lucky, and we'll be forever grateful for that. So, um, yeah, it was quite a quite an emotional tribute to him. Yeah, I think pretty much the same as Wigo. To be honest, I mean, it's obviously down to him that we were actually playing in the Premier League on Saturday, probably. And you know, had he not taken over when he did all those years ago who knows uh you know how we might have been able to mark that um his, his sad passing um but yeah you know uh definitely change the fortunes of our club forever and you know n- nothing will ever really do that justice but it did seem like um a fitting tribute on the weekend 
I really liked it. I thought it was a nice touch. And it was it was great to come together for that because there's it's it's been a week a few weeks of uh, with the club and it was nice to have that. But we also had some fantastic news that came completely out of the blue. And that was new contracts for Joao Polina and Harry. So I think let's talk about Joao first. That's positive. It means we're going to see him more regularly until at least January, I reckon. And of course, he's he started, played played the full match against Luton. But what were your reactions to the contract news extra year on top? All looking reasonably positive for some of the, the rumors and the bad feeling that have been swirling around to be put to bed. And we can just look forward now with, with Joao in that position holding. I was in... I was in complete disbelief, I think, really. Um, I, was, I wasn't expecting that. So it was obviously great news. Um, yeah, how long will he actually be here for is obviously another question. I know a contract, you know, is limiting in so many ways. You can't actually expect him to be here um, for that long, you know, maybe till next summer if we're lucky. But it's obviously great news. You know, the club have really, yeah, they've done something good, actually, it feels like. And um really sort of revitalised the feeling of sort of positivity amongst us because, you know, it did look a bit bleak if you thought Polina was going right towards the end of the window. So really good business. I reckon we've hiked his wages up a lot. He is definitely on a fair whack. So, but he deserves it, right? I mean, he's been, what he does for us cannot be overstated. He's so crucial and Saturday just showed how amazing he is. He was absolutely fantastic. And he strikes me as that sort of player that he would always play with a hundred percent commitment anyway. And I have a lot of respect for him after his interview, he spoke really candidly about the move and about how it didn't work out. And I've got a lot more respect for him for talking openly about it and about his ambition rather than certain players that will just piss off to Saudi Arabia and throw a hissy fit when they want to go. Not to, you know, not to hint at anyone in particular, but um, or any strikers, but yeah. So I got a lot of respect for Polina for being open and honest about his ambition, and I don't blame him as well. But it's fantastic to see that we've managed to tie him down, even if he does go in January or next summer. Yeah, I'm the same. I think it was a, a very, very surprising piece of business. Um, I didn't expect it. I was completely shocked when I saw, you know, that he'd signed a new deal. I'm still, you know, a bit umming and ahhing as to what this actually means going forward. Is he just going to go in January or is it like, you know, he'll stay in January and then next summer he's just gone. Um, I've heard all different things about different types of release clauses. I don't think there's any in there, but then I did also see something saying there's release clauses for four different teams. I think he'll be on a massive wage, but I also think, you know, he's worth every single penny of any any type of pay increase because he, he's just, the effect he has on the team is transformative. Uh, can't really put into words like how good he's been since uh, since he came in last season. And yeah, I'm just I'm just really happy I get to see him play again in the Fulham shirt because it looks like, you know, for a couple of days in August that, that that game against Tottenham in the Cup might have been the last time we saw him and he just sort of left without any fanfare or, you know, real moment with the fans. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I listened to his interview as well and I thought he spoke very well about, you know, how his, his move had broken down. And I don't think any Fulham fan can really deny him, like, the opportunity to play at the top level of the game, um, you know, be that um, 
you know, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Manchester City, um, Al Hilal, is it? I think, you know, the, the Real Madrid of Asia, as they call themselves. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really pleased he's here to stay and can't, can't wait for the rest of the season now. It was one of those things that when the word came that Bayern were in, you were like, yeah, I, I, I get that. Fair enough. Why couldn't this have happened six weeks ago? And things would have probably worked out a lot better for, for both clubs. But it's put a lot of the worries to bed for me. I think we're going to see him playing out of his socks, as he always does, through through the next few months. Whether it's just till January or through to the new year, it's going to be great to see him keeping going. The other side was Harrison Reed, who's been phenomenal, um, I think, in over the last season and so far as well. Thoroughly deserved a new deal. There was last minute transfer rumors. So it's good to see him him locked down as well. I think that's really, really positive to have that those two pivots in midfield um, have any speculation removed from for at least the time being. Dylan, what did you think of Harry's contract? Yeah, of course. I mean, he's, he's been great as well. Um, you know, in the championship season when we came up, he was so important. And I think his his sort of overall importance got lost a bit last season and, and still this season, to be honest, in amongst, you know, sort of the role of Shroud Pellini and what he's done to the team. Um, but Harrison Reed is still a fantastic player, somebody who's been a great servant for the club since he, he joined on loan. And I think it must have been 2020 that he first joined. Um in that in that season we got promoted under Scott Parker but he yeah I'm really pleased to see him staying and I mean can you imagine if he'd gone to Wolves as well on the same day that Polina potentially went to Bayern Munich that would have just been a disaster I'm looking at the team that played now on Saturday and if they'd both gone I think we'd have been left with a midfield of Kearney, uh, Pereira and Francois which uh, which in the Premier League doesn't really promise much but yeah I'm delighted he's staying and hopefully that's probably a, a longer term fix than Polina as well you know but obviously fingers crossed they can both just stay forever and see out their careers at Fulham but I, I don't hold up much hope for that happening yeah I, I, I think it's a great piece of business to be honest I bloody love Harrison Reed. I think he's excellent he gives everything every game and he was he was brilliant last season and he's been really good this season as well um, I actually thought the four million offer from Wolves or Everton was completely insulting, to be honest, because of how much he brings to the team. And as a number eight as well, like Silver's really got him playing in that role. I think his best his best game for us was against United in the Cup before all the red card stuff happened. Um, so, and it just shows how good he really can be. And he was adding goals last season. So Silva's got him doing that. So I think he's actually a really crucial player to have in the team. Um, and he was brilliant last season. So I'm so, so happy that he's signed on. And I couldn't actually imagine him leaving Fulham. It would be one of those weird ones. Can't really imagine him leaving. Um, he's been there for quite a while now. And yeah, what a great piece of business. So uh, again, well done to the club for that bit. Um, that bit of business is, yeah, brilliant. 100%. I. He, he he kind of lives in this weird space in my head that I just expect him to be there. Sort of like Tete. You know, it, it it's you know what he's gonna do, you know he's gonna be giving it his all. He you know, he he's not, you know, a world class midfielder or whatever you want to call him, but he's excellent at what he's doing and Silva's got him drilled perfectly. And we saw that again 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 on Saturday against Luton, which was one of those games that walking to the ground a lot of people were talking about, yeah, let's get a hat, a hat full of goals. There we go. Um, 
it didn't turn out that way uh, because of our old nemesis, somebody playing a low block and five at the back. We've got a fair few opinions about the game, but I'm going to start with Wigo as you saw the whole thing, unfortunately, like I did. <laughs> it, I'm just going to throw this in. I'm bored of seeing Fulham pass sideways and having watched it for 75 minutes on Saturday, I'm really sick of it now because it seemed that was the only thing we were doing. That was my view from H5 anyways. What what what, what was your take on it? It, it was, it was turgid because we just couldn't think of anything new to do. Yeah, I think we struggled to break them down. I don't necessarily think it was one of those sorts of Parker tactics where it was just pass it about and hope for an opening. I genuinely think they just set up so well defensively that we struggled to break them down. Um, and, you know, you've got to give credit to them. They, yeah, they did set up quite well defensively and we just sort of lacked ideas really. And ultimately that led to Jimenez not playing very well because he wasn't getting any service. So, you know, the five at the back, we just couldn't get through them. And that was how it was at the end of the day. So, yeah, it wasn't a vintage performance, but it is what it is. It's part and parcel of the game. We'll have games like that and then we'll sit up against teams who will have games like that. It's just how it goes sometimes. So I'm not going to be too disheartened about it because there are games where it will be a bit more open, a bit more expansive. We'll have a bit more creative ideas, a few more creative ideas, I guess. So, um, you know, I'm not too worried about it. It's just one of those games. It is what it is. They set up thinking, you know, that was how they'd win, hit us on the counter, which they did a couple of times. Um, and could have had a couple of goals. So, yeah, it, it's just one of those games at the end of the day. And um, that we got the win. That's the most important thing. And there'll be games where it's more open and we're not just passing sideways and backwards. We'll be quicker getting backwards to forwards. So I'm not too worried. Admittedly, we weren't great. Some of the passing was a bit dodgy. But three points is three points. So you can only be happy. Dylan. You, yeah. you, caught, you caught the highlights. <laughs> they yeah, yeah. Very it was long. quite. A, it was quite. It was quite a quick video on match of the day, and um, you know the, the Sky Sports highlights were, were quite quick as well. But you know the most important thing is obviously the three points. Um, I think you know on balance across the whole game, we that is probably the right result. I mean, Luton did set up quite defensively. Of course, they sort of have to in most most games away from home. I suppose if you you stick to the principle that a point away from home is a great result and you know, whatever you can get at home is just an added, well, you know, whatever you can get at home is obviously what it is, but a point away from home in every game across the season would be an extra 19 points. And for Luton, you know, a number 19 could be crucial. So I think they were going to set up like that and just try and, you know, escape with the point. They did have a couple of chances, of course. I I saw they hit the post. Um, I think it was through Jacob Brown with that header. Um, But yeah, yeah. not our not our finest game, but like Wigo said, it is just one of those. We're going to have those games. Not every single win is going to be a, a demonstration of nice free flowing football, which we know we can play under Marco Silva. And sometimes we're we're going to have to grind out results. It is it's funny. It's quite a contrast from the last time we played Luton. Obviously, that seven nil, uh, you know, sort of victory parade. Um, but you know, ultimately the end result is the same. It's it's three points towards our towards our end goal. I've got. Um, the Cottage Tacticos um, McLatchbot 
visualization up of our passing and it's 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 not ideal but there was a lot of them you know um it's diop 152 completed passes tim ream 138 um they had massive progression coming up from the back as well which has showed how far up the pitch we were able able to go the we're going to get on to the second half in a minute because we have to talk about the first half because there was a couple moments and we have to talk about um, who was it? It was uh, Jacob Brown and his free header in the box, which was sphincter tightening because you could kind of see it coming because he sort of just drifted in between Reem and Diop and should have scored, basically. That was that was just one of those ones where you actually felt sorry for the lad almost because that was a sitter. There, there was some... I learned one or two new uses of words I hadn't heard for a while in H5 when that happened. Um, we go, what was it like around you? Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, luck was on our side, wasn't it? At the end of the day, it was either going one side or the other. Um, so, yeah, it's at the end of the day, we got caught out a couple of times. That's just how it was. And that one was a particular, you know, it was just unlucky. But there's not a lot you can say, really. Um we sort of had to shore up a little bit defensively. It shows that they can get in behind and create those chances. I mean, with all due respect to Luton, any team with a decent striker would have probably finished that. Um, you know, free header about however many yards out, eight, nine yards out. It, it's just one of them. And luck fell on our side and um, it was a warning. And rightly so. I think we needed that warning, to be honest. So, um, so Yeah. One person we do need to talk about was new signing, started left back. Jedi came back with muscle injury, so he didn't start. So Castagna made his debut in that left back slot. I thought he looked pretty tidy, all things considered. Uh, Right-footed left back is always a bit tricky. Where things were probably not great was the that sort of Jedi mind tricks to Willian as well because they were not on the same wavelength for a lot of that game. But I thought it was a positive, positive debut for him, and it was nice to have um, someone slot in who was not someone you were panicking about every time someone ran at them or, or got the ball. It was, um, it was, it was positive. We go. Yeah, I, I was. I thought Castagna was absolutely fantastic. To be honest, I thought as far as full debuts go, I thought he was excellent and probably up there with Polina in terms of the best players on the pitch. Um, obviously, the pace is completely different to Robinson, and yeah, but perhaps that slightly impacted Willian's performance, as you said, you know, with the link up, but. I thought defensively he was brilliant. I thought going forward he offered a bit as well. You know, he had a had a shot, I think, as well. So he got in some decent positions. Um, so, you know, interested to see what Fode Balotore brings because um, as far as backup left-backs go, I was pretty satisfied with Castagna. I thought he was brilliant. And, you know, if Robinson's injured for Palace, then, you know, it's a real shame because he is quite crucial. But I'd have no problems with Castagna slotting in there. Whereas with Kazawa, I was a little bit, yeah, cautious when he played last year in the league. So um, I think Castagna with the Premier League experience really does bring something to the team and is a fantastic backup to bring in at both right back and left back. So that that is brilliant business by the club to sign someone with that sort of versatility. Dylan, what did you think about him? 
Yeah, um, well, from what I've heard from everyone who, who went to the game, he, he seems to have slotted straight into the team. Not a you know a like-for-like like replacement for Robinson. I think he offers something slightly different. Um, but it seems like he can. he's sort of a jack-of-all-trades in, in sort of the, the full-back game. He seems to be able to do everything quite well. Obviously, uh, you know, a bit a bit slower than Robinson, but he makes up for that with... Um, yeah, just like Wigo said, really, that um, that feeling of calmness when someone's running at him, I suppose. Kazawa last year, I, I thought was a bit fragile and I was a bit nervous whenever I watched him play. Similar with, with Cedric, to be fair. I didn't really like either of them. Um, but yeah, with, with Tete, Castagna and Robinson, I think you're looking at three great sort of Premier League standard fullbacks. And I guess all that remains to be seen is can Balo Torre um, complete what would be a, a great quartet? Yeah, um, impressive stuff from Castanio. We wait to see what comes next. Let's get up to the top. Raul Jimenez didn't score again. Again, I felt he wasn't getting a lot to feed on. There was a lot of pointing for through balls and things that just weren't happening. It, I like the guy, so I'm probably biased, but it feels like the goal is coming. He was getting into some good positions. He was he was making some decent runs. He just had a lot of defenders around him. I thought there was, there was a few people getting on his back again. I think there's still a feeling that he's not Mitro, but he should be. I, yeah, there's always going to be stuff like that. What did you think about his performance, Rigo? Because I thought it was, again, solid and again, it just, you know, it it's frustrating. It must be maddening for him because he's 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 playing well. He's just not got that end product. He just couldn't get in the game, right? Like he was just crowded out. I don't. I I think I said earlier, you know, where they are sort of packing the defense out. There's no space for him to do anything, and then he's not getting the service because we're looking at other ways through. So, you know, obviously it wasn't vintage, and a change probably was needed, and. You know, great that we won, but it doesn't do Jimenez any favours when Vinicius comes on and scores. You know, Vinicius is really staking his claim to start. I really like Jimenez. I do think he's actually been better than I thought he would be, even though he's not scored. Um, Which, you know, is kind of weird. Like, he holds up the ball really well. He does well to create space. I thought against Arsenal, he was fantastic. I thought he was good against City as well. Um, in the first half, everyone was good against City, to be fair. Um, but the goals come in. It's just a confidence thing, right? And the problem is, if you've got a striker that's gone 18 months without scoring a Premier League goal and you're relying on them to get goals, it's going to be tough. But you need him to get that first goal for a potential confidence run, right? Like, you know, hopefully if one goal one goal comes, then it'll be raining goals for him. But if you if you're not scoring and you bring on a striker that does, who did well starting last year, the favour might fall towards Vinicius. So, you know, it's going to, it's a tricky one. It's a real tricky one. And in terms of Mitro, like no one, every, anyone's going to be compared to Mitro. That's the problem we're going to have. You have a striker for five and a half years, the same striker. It's always going to be, you're always going to be compared to him. Last year when Mitrovic was out for games, people were going to slate Vinny because he's not Mitrovic and Mitrovic brings you so many goals that you have to then replace Ultimately, we haven't replaced a goal scorer with a goal scorer, a proper goal scorer. So, you know, I can see where people are coming from. But as you say, I think that goal's coming for him. I feel like we need a penalty or something. Give it to him. 
and um, see if he scores it because penalty record can't get any worse for strikers in the Premier League for us. So, um, yeah, I, I do think he's coming and I do really like him. He seems like a really good player and he's got a bit about him. He just needs that goal and it is coming. Yeah, I'd echo the same sentiment, to be fair. He scored in the, the recent international break for Mexico, didn't he? So he knows where the back of the net is. And I think it is just a, a matter of time, really. I, I like what he's doing. But I, I think against Luton, it was always going to be hard to score, um, you know, with the way they set up. It didn't really, you know, it wasn't conducive to, to attacking football and lots of, you know, the ball into the striker and, you know, getting him in behind and see what we can do. And in the end, we did just require a slice of luck and it, it just so happened that you know Vinicius was on the pitch when the ball dropped into that area, not Jimenez. But I don't. I think Jimenez, you know, in that same position would have scored. It is just came down to luck. But the goal's definitely coming, and you know he's got Premier League pedigree. Um, so I'm, I'm sure you know maybe this weekend against Palace or you know a nice derby day goal against Chelsea will sort him out. And then you know typical there it'd be like London buses and they'll just uh, just start flowing in for him. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's coming out and. Um, He'll do well this season, I'm sure. When we talk about Palace, we'll do a quick straw poll who we think should start because I love I love Vinny. I've defended him for a while. I think he's he's a very singular type of striker, and I think what he showed on on Saturday, the way he just sort of popped up and got it, that's the type type of striker. He's not a hold the ball up sort of player that we've been playing him as. Iobi coming on as well. We immediately were going a lot more direct, and we had a little, little bit of a rub of the green with with the goal as well because I was sure that was going to be chalked off for for VAR when it when it hit his hand. But it was that again, quick ball through the middle for the for the first time in in a long time during the game, which opened up a bit of space wide for Willie to get the ball in. Vinny was there to pick up the pieces. Happy days. I I was I was happy. I was even more happy when the referee let the game start and there was there was no VAR. So I was, I'm just going to say it again. I was sure that was going to get chalked off. I don't know what anyone else thinks because there was a, there was literally a sigh of, oh, when the ball went in to and it just kept going. And then we got happy far later than the rest of the cottage, but it seemed like. I, I just, don't know what Iwobi did in his initiation, but everyone seemed to be firing the ball into him for some reason. They were absolutely pelting it at him, so he did well to uh, get it under control. But yeah, I was like, oh, it might be a handball there as it um, as it was going on. But ultimately, look at the replays, nah, never. So um, yeah, really well worked goal. Obviously, again, the luck either falls with you or against you, like with Luton hitting the post and it fell for us. Ultimately, Kaminsky making an error as he has done at the cottage before for Blackburn. So, um, you know, obviously not a great place for him to go to. So, uh, but hey, Vinny was in the right place at the right time. And ultimately that's where you need your number nine to be, to tap it home and get the goal. And uh, it's the winner. And it's what he was brought on to do. He was brought on to change the game and get the winner. And he did. And I thought Iwobi was fantastic, by the way, in the lead up to the goal and throughout the rest of the game. I thought he was absolutely brilliant when he came on and really did change a game we need when you play against teams like that that set up like that you really rely on the subs to change a game and ultimately silver got that bang on with the subs the players he took off the players he brought on bang on they completely changed the game um and yeah as i say the luck falls for you 
and the striker's there to tap it home. And, you know, there was an argument for handball, but never in doubt, eh? Not with VAR, it's always right. So, uh, yeah, always right, never in doubt. <laughs> yeah, no, good goal. Yeah, you, you've just totally screwed us for Saturday. Something nuts is going to happen now, and we're going to all point at you and blame it. <laughs> Dylan, what, what was what's your feelings on your? I I, I thought it looked good as well. Um, wasn't sure when the signing came through because it was a bit. Oh, okay, great, he's here. What's your feelings on him? How do you think he's going to slot in? Silver knows him inside out, doesn't he? So it's it mm. it seemed a no brainer. Yeah, when the when the well when the signing was first announced, you know, you're looking at what was it, twenty two million for a guy with one year left on his contract. I think at sort of any level, you know, for that to spend be spending that much money on a player who's only got one year left in his deal anyway, he has to be a good player. Uh, and you're just sort of hoping that, you know, trust Silver's judgment, hope he's got it right. And, you know, I'm you know, I'm not questioning that Silver has, you know, lost my trust or anything because he's he's more than earned it over the past couple of years. But you you do just wonder then and you think look at everyone on the market going, we've gone for a guy. 22 million, one year left. Is that really the right move? But, you know, from the first signs on Saturday, he's, he's going to be a great signing. I, I do think he changed the game uh, uh, against Luton. Um, and he just he just looks like something something different to Pereira. Like he might be able to, you know, he looks like he could sort of, you know, potentially conjure something out of nothing, which we don't really have too many bodies at Fulham who can do that sort of thing. Um, obviously, the jury's still out on him, but it, you know, I'd be really, really interested to see what he does with a full ninety minutes. Um, you know, playing in this Marco Silva team, and then you know, going forward, do we do we pay him? Do we pay Pereira, or do we even look at playing them both together? Um, I guess that's something you know that can only be answered further down the line. But it's promising signs, um, like you're standing, and then we just uh, see how it goes from here. But it's definitely, I'm not, I'm not panicking at all, and hopefully, he turns up being money well spent. How are we feeling about Pereira? I don't think he's up to the speed he was at the end of end of last year. It could be that everybody's slowly getting getting going. He was a bit quiet again. I think the change was right. There was a note from J Mac saying that him and him and as were off the boil. How are we feeling going into Palace? Because I think there's we've got options now we're still thin but we've got some really good options now is it time maybe to try something new at sellers park against roy who it was great to hear he was back on the training pitch after being taken ill um on the weekend so glad you're glad you're back at it hopefully you have a terrible time on saturday roy but how are we feeling going into into palace what are our options so let's let's look at Look at the front line there. Who do we think is going to start? Is it going to be Vinny or is it going to be Jimenez? Or just generally, do we think it's going to be, let's not twist when, when we're getting points? Um, I, It's tough. It's really, really tough because, you know, like we like we said, it is just that first goal for Jimenez and he's he's never going to get it if he doesn't play. So then when you bench him, when when does he then sort of, how does he work his way back into the team? Um. But I do think I think it might be Vinicius on Saturday. I just think he looks a bit he looks a bit fresher at the moment. He looks he looks more likely to score goals. Um, I did actually read earlier. Uh, it's one of those sort of nonsensical stats, really. But I heard I, I read that since uh, since the start of last season, I think per ninety minutes he averages something like zero point four seven goals a game. If you can do that sort of thing for Fulham, and Mitrovic only had zero point four four. I'm not suggesting that he'll be 
you know, 15, 20 goal a season striker. But, you know, the signs are definitely there. And I think if we give him the minutes, we may start to see like a an overwhelmingly positive return. So I, I, I think he's going to start. And then Pereira and Iwobi, I don't know. It's still a toss up, really. Um, I don't know with Pereira if it's just the fact he hasn't got Mitrovic in front of him and he's he's a bit lost, really, in the middle of the park. But I'm sure... You know, as the games games go on, he'll he'll pick up his form again because we know he can be how good he can be, and um, I'm sure I'm sure going forward he'll he'll continue to be a vital player for us. Um, and I I do think he'll start on Saturday as well. I think Silver really likes him, and I think it's still important for Iwobi to bed a bit more into the team and just to you know get those midfielders just perhaps you know lightly passing him some passes, not hammering the ball into his feet all the time. But um, yeah, we'll see as uh, Marco Silva knows a lot more about football than I do. So it will probably be Jimenez and Iwobi on, on, on Saturday. Oh, oh, that's Ooh. an interesting one. Ooh. I was going to say, I think it'll be Vinicius and Pereira. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it will be too, but him and, but Marco Silva knows a, lot, knows a lot more than me. So it will probably be Jimenez and Iwobi. Oh, you think? I think, I think he's going to start Vinicius mm-hmm. and Pereira. I do. Because I think Pereira brings so much set piece wise, mm. and you know corners are yeah. fantastic. I think he's, uh, I, I I think he's one of the best set piece set piece takers we've had in years. Certainly from corners, anyway. Um, so yeah, it's a tough one. And striker up front is really tough because Anderson and Gay are quite physical, and I'd feel like Jimenez is probably a bit more of a physical striker than Vinicius. However. The timing of Vinicius's runs are absolutely ridiculous. They're so good. Like, obviously, he had that chance on Saturday that he probably should have scored, but the timing of the run was mental. And he got he did the same sort of thing against Leicester last year. The timing of that run was crazy as well. So, you know, it depends how we want to play. Are we going to be looking to get him behind as well? Who knows? Who knows? But ultimately, Vinicius's goal on Saturday might count for something. It was his first appearance of the season because we all thought he was off. Come on, got a goal. I would probably change it up a bit. Why not? The only problem is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And we won. But we won with him on the pitch. So depends how you want to do it. Do you want to use him to bring him on and try and change the game again if you're chasing it? Who knows? But I still think he'll start Pereira at number 10. You know, the bloke had a horrific injury last year. Let's not forget that. You know, so it's going to take a while for him to rediscover his form. And the problem is, if you drop him, he's going to lose that confidence to be able to rediscover his form. So I'd personally stick with him. I quite like Pereira. Um, and yeah, see how that goes. And obviously, Iwobi is a great option from the bench. You know, I think he's just come back from injury as well, as far as I'm aware. So maybe another sort of cameo, 30 minute cameo might be uh, the way forward for him. But we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? We'll find out at two o'clock on Saturday and we'll probably all be wrong and he'll start Mooney's and Francois. Which which would be a take, certainly. <laughs> now, I I have I've got skin in this game because my family are all Palace supporters. So the, these these two matches are important to me for bragging rights. They had a nightmare on Saturday and I always hate going up against a team when... <laughs> What was it? I've I've just brought it up here. They were one nil up, cruising, and then eighty seventh minute Duran scores. Lewis gets a penalty in the ninety eighth minute, and then in the hundred and first minute, Bailey slots slots home a third. For a Roy Hodgson side, 
there's going to be a reaction. And to be fair, Roy was probably quite happy he was he was unwell for that because he probably would have popped an artery in the in the dressing room after that. How do we think they're gonna they're gonna come out? Um, their fans are going to be wanting a reaction. It's going to be noisy, um, and we need to win this just so I can send lots of laughy emojis to my brother because yeah, you have to. What, what do you reckon, Dylan? What do you think of Palace this year? They, I thought they've looked, they've looked reasonable so far. Mm, yeah, that that they've all they've always been sort of you know that that traditional sort of you know lower mid table team, haven't they? Sort of, I don't think they finished in the top half since they were promoted. What must be ten years ago now? Um, but I, we did them last season three nil away. Uh, obviously at home it was two 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 different games. Um, I'm feeling pretty confident to be fair you know they'll have a point to prove but I think every team has a point to prove in the Premier League each week to be honest with you so that, I think it's a bit of a cliche um, we'll, we'll have a point to prove and you know we'll we'll want to um, you know um, you know just there's, there's countless you know angles you can approach it from but I'm, we're not going to go and just you know sit down and let us let them turn us over are we so um I'm I'm pretty confident to be honest with you. I, I think we'll win. Uh, not not too sure on a scoreline, but um, yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this one. Um, slightly unfounded belief, but I did see Eze Eze play um, against Crawley Town earlier on in the season. He is he is unbelievable. So I think you know, in him they've got a proper difference maker. So if we can keep him quiet, I think that is the key to winning. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure it won't be like um, like Saturday's game for either side. Edward's been looking tasty as well. Mm. They're getting getting a lot out, out of him. We go. How how are you feeling going into Saturday? Are are you going? You were you were sort of abstaining abstaining from away games for for a while. But I take it you're going on Saturday. Yeah, I'll go to this one. Uh, it'll be good. Um, sitting near the front as well, so I can actually see the bloody pitch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be a tough game. It's not going to be anything like the last time we played there <laughs> when uh, Mitchell basically killed the game off for them really by getting sent off and then Tompkins just you know made it even worse so um yeah it's going to be it's going to be a tough game it always is against Palace they're a really good side they've got some brilliant players as Dylan said about Eze as well and it's interesting to see how they'll perform without Zaha obviously it's the first time we'll see them we'll play against them without him um so yeah it's kind of an intriguing prospect I guess no Elise either um but a Roy team is a Roy team and he's done a brilliant job with them um, and a massive respect for Roy Hodgson, of course, like every Fulham fan has. Um, so, yeah, obviously, like Roy, want him to succeed, but not on Saturday. It's going to be an open game and they are quick as well. They're a quick team. Eze is rapid um, and he scores goals. He's a bags man and it's going to be a tough day and the XG is probably not going to be in our favour again, but we're sticking two fingers up to XG this season, but so am I because I fucking hate it anyway. But still, it's always nice to see that we're going against stats and everyone thinks we're going down. Okay, here's a question: Will Issa Diop play another suicide pass back to Burnt Leno? Because there's been two now: the one that gave up the goal at Man City, and what I think was one of the better shots that Burnt Leno saved on Saturday with a very, very. Um, shall we say, forceful uh, link-up pay with his goalkeeper. He, to me, 
and this is just me and dear listener, write in and tell me I'm being stupid. He looks a bit nervy and I am getting nervy from, from seeing that. I think he's a great defender. I think he's, he's done incredibly well since he's joined. He's proved what all the, the West Ham fans said about him completely wrong. But I just think the last few games, there's been moments that haven't helped us. I don't know what you boys think. I feel like ultimately people are going to mark his card after that Brentford clangor, really. But if you look at the overall picture of his Fulham career, he's actually been fantastic and he made the most passes in any Premier League game this season at 152, 156, whatever it was. I thought he was excellent on Saturday. And at the end of the day, every player's got a mistake in him. Just some might, it might look like, might look more obvious than others. But, um, I think he's brilliant and I really do think 15 million turned out to be a bit of a bargain really for him. He's an excellent defender, excellent, excellent defender, cuts the ball out so well. And it's a confidence thing again, right? Like he just needs a few games. You've got fans got to get behind him, you know, let's get behind him, not get on him, get on his back. Like it's, you know, ultimately we've got to support him, build his confidence up. And he was fantastic last season. And I have every faith that he'll be fantastic this season. And errors happen. At the end of the day, we were shite against Brentford all round. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, one mistake wasn't going to change it. But it happens. It happens at the end of the day. And um, I, I believe in him. I believe in Diop. Yeah, I, I, I've always liked him, to be fair. I, th- I do think he's got a mistake in him. But every, everyone's got a mistake in him. And, um, you know, I don't think there's many players that could do his job a lot better. And, um, you know, 15 million for for a player of his quality um, in today's market is, is a great deal. That's for sure. Um, hopefully there's no more um, suicide passes on on Saturday because I do think Palace would, would punish something like that uh, perhaps a lot more unforgivingly than a side like Luton did. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I really like him, I think. Alongside Reem, they, they seem to complement each other very well. But that, also, that being said, I'd, I'd like to see a bit more of Bassey, to be honest. So whether that's another change they, they look at, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't complain either way, to be honest with you. I think he's a good player. As we've mentioned, Shirley, we should mention that we went to five at the back for the last five minutes of the game as well, with Bassey coming on, which was which was... An interesting move. I, I thought once we scored, we'd try to kick on. But yeah, there we go. Just showing it up. I thought it was an interesting choice. And I didn't think it looked too shaky. I think with with it being there as an option, I think it's going to do us well to go forward. It could have been there just a bit, open up a bit more space as well. But what what did you think of that, Rigo? Because when it happened, it was a case of make sense, see how it goes. And it looked okay. Just take the three points, wasn't it, really? That was what it was. Um, I don't blame Silver for doing it. Ultimately, it wasn't a Scott Parker move where it was take all your forwards off and bring on all defenders and have eight defenders and two midfielders on the pitch like we did at QPR that year. But, um, yeah, fair enough. It, it's just um, just one of those things. Sometimes you just want to take the 1-0 and run, and we did, and I, I don't blame him. Bassi does look brilliant, but... You know, I think Reem and Diop are brilliant as well. So I don't envy Marco Silva at all for having three very, very good centre-backs. And then when Tosin's back, four very, very good centre-backs. All right, Tosin might be off in the summer 
for free. But for now, well, when he's back fit, we've got some very good options at centre half. And um, yeah, we've got, I mean, I love Shane Duffy, but these four are definitely an upgrade. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting one. A great choice to have though, right? Like, so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens when uh, when we've got four fit centre backs. I'm looking forward to it. So let's look at what we've got coming up. Palace on Saturday, Chelsea the following Monday at home. So that that game's on Sky. All went very well at home to Chelsea last year. Um, still smiling about that. And we will because it was great. Uh, then we've got Sheffield United at home. Uh, followed by Spurs and Brighton. So there's opportunity there to get some points. Um, I would say almost up until the Brighton game. I think Chelsea, there's points to be had there. Spurs, you don't know who which Spurs side's going to show up. Ooh, Spurs, I, I don't Spurs know. look brilliant, mm. I think, under Postacoglu. Mm, they, look, they look good on the weekend, but... Uh, I think away from home, Spurs and Brighton is, is a tough ask. So I think the, the aim should be to just try and get potentially six six points if we can before that run of Spurs, Brighton. And then after that, we've got United at home. So that's another tough game. But ultimately, I'd I'd rather play United at home than out of those mm. three. If you're looking at Spurs, Brighton and United, yeah. at home or away, if you think you're going to take points off with any, any of them at the moment, you'd say Man United, right? Mm. Yeah, definitely. I I do think Chelsea at home as well. I, I think we've got another great chance to beat them. What is it now? Eight hundred and twenty million or something across three windows, and and not much to show for it. I mean, uh, what was it? Did you see the stat? They've only um, they haven't beaten a team in the top half of the Prem since January twenty twenty two or something, and that was Spurs. So you know, Chelsea love beating Spurs. So that that's a sort of given anyway. But yeah, that they. They seem to be there for the taking again, I'd say. They've got 12 injuries at the moment, Chelsea, as well. So, obviously, mm. I know it's a couple of weeks to go. Don't know how many of them will be back. But if you looked at their bench mm. against Bournemouth the other day, it, for a team that oh, spent a yeah. billion pounds and has busloads of players, they, they had, they had, a, they had a, no one. They had, a guy, they had a guy called Ronnie Stutter on the bench. Yeah. Like, sort of, that's, a, that's a sort of metaphor for their season, I think, so far. I... <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. Edit that bit out, Don. That, 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 that's a dad joke that doesn't even deserve any time. I'm sorry, dear listener, if that stayed in. Oh, goodness. It, it's an interesting run. I, I've look, been looking ahead as well to, to Christmas. There's there's points to be picked up in in that very, very busy seven, seven games in, in December. That kind of worries me because that's... You know, we're we're probably one or two injuries away from being in a Chelsea-like situation where we're relying on the kids a bit. But between now and then, there's opportunity. I don't know. I've got this funny feeling about that Spurs game. It's on the telly. It's a Monday night. Who knows what will happen? I, I, I'm usually completely wrong about these things, but there's something in my water. But it could just mean I need to go to the loo. <laughs> Ultimately, I think that you've got to beat the teams that are down there, which is something we did really well last year. Other than like against West Ham, who we lost to twice. I mean, I say down there, they did end up finishing about 13th or wherever. But the teams that are fighting for relegation, you've got to beat these teams because this is where you want to pick up points. And that's something we've not done really for years and years. And we did that really well last year. And we've done it well so far. You know, beat Luton and Everton. 
they're teams that are going to be scrapping. You need to take the points off them for yourselves. And I know we did the double over Brighton last year and obviously we beat Chelsea. You know, we've got some points that we weren't expecting, but the baseline of this has to be beating the likes of Luton, Everton, Sheffield United, Wolves when it rolls around. These teams that are going to be down there, you need to take the points off them. Otherwise, you could find yourself getting dragged in and that's not a place we want to be. Ultimately, in my opinion, it is the best year to be shit because there are definitely three worse teams than us this year. Probably more than three. So it is the best year to be shit, but you don't want to be too shit because then you might be some in an uncomfortable position. Um, so, yeah. But at the moment, we're doing everything that's right. Two wins against teams that are going to be down there and an unexpected point as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think if you look at what we've got so far, what is it, seven from five, that's not a bad return when you consider But you, we've had the two hardest away games uh, in the league already, you know, City and Arsenal, I, I'd say are probably the two hardest to get anything out of. Um, and then, you know, we've had we've had Everton away, which was a great three points. Still a tough place to go, you know. Up until recently, we also had a horrendous record there. Luton at home is, you know, that, that should be three points for pretty much any team in the league. Um, you know, the greatest respect to Luton, you know, every team will be looking at that, those two games as an opportunity to pick up points. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think we fared reasonably well so far and it is just going to be, you know, beat the teams around us because they're, they're the results that will keep you in the league ultimately at the end of the year. And then it's it's how many can we get off teams above us or teams that we shouldn't be beating, like that, that, that bonus point, if you will, against Arsenal. And uh, just uh, you know, building on some solid foundations. But I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. It's not going to be as good as last season, I don't think. But um, you know, we could we could hit similar heights potentially. But it, it's going to be a a massive team effort, of course. Yeah, like I said, mark my words. That Spurs game is going to be interesting, one way or another. Gentlemen, we're going to start to wrap up there. We've got lots coming up on the pod. You'll be pleased to know, dear listener, that everybody's favourite host, J-Mac, is back next week. You don't have to listen to me waffle on any further. That'll be for the Palace Review. And, of course, we have Norwich in the Cup, which, yeah, thank you to the the Football League for messing that one up because it would be a lot better than playing Newcastle. Um, And they will also be looking ahead to Chelsea as well. We have had a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun coming up as well because there's a great run of games. We're going to have bits and pieces within the next two international breaks as well. We'll be uh, looking back at more more of Mohamed Al-Fayed's time at Fulham and also chatting hopefully with the, the Fulham Supporters Trust in November. So keep your eyes peeled for those. We go, Dylan, thank you so much for spending your Tuesday evening with me. Here's to another three points at Palace. Here it must be. Yeah, if... If anyone at the club is listening, please let them know that I need the bragging rights for this because this is this is important. This is this is the big one for me in the Bone household because my brother really can be an ass when Palace are doing well. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. It has been a pleasure for you to join us. It's been a pleasure for you to join us. Thank you for joining us. That should have been hey. To be fair, there's always great joining us. Until next time. Please do take care of yourselves. This has been the Full and Focus podcast. Come on, you lads. Fulham.